Wow, God is awesome as that young man just used the breath of the horn to illustrate and praising God. You know, just I, I was just sitting here as I'm listening to uh, Benjamin Manuel uh, play his sax, you know, just thinking how much joy, how much pleasure uh, God received out of that praise. You know, and that's what we're to be doing is to be is to give God some praise and glory to honor his holy name. You know, thank you for joining us this evening on August 18th, 2020, where, you know, this year is really marching on. And uh, my only question is, what are you doing? What have you done? You know, um, there's so many things and so little time to get it done you know, that, that comes to mind, but if we could just focus on one thing and, you know, and put our best foot forward, both naturally and spiritually, uh, we'll accomplish something. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live on uh, Tuesday uh, from Cornerstone Apostolic Church, and we are inside the pages. You're in the pages with Pastor Carl Henderson. There's no better place to be than in the Word of God. I just want to share something with you here before we actually go into the teaching. But, you know, I was I was as I was going through the day from Sunday through today and I was just thinking and meditating on the Lord. And, you know, and all of us deal with with whatever we're dealing with. And, uh, you know, and this is a war of the anointed. So you're, you're on the battlefield. But, you know, uh, uh, scripture kept coming to mind. I had to go look it up. It says, let him that is taught in the word. Communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. And then uh, Hebrews, now that was Galatians 6 and 6. And Hebrews, Hebrews 13, uh, 16 and 17 says, but uh, to, to the good, but to do good and to communicate, uh, forget not, for which such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them to have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your soul as they must give an account. They must give an account. Pastors will be given an account for the, the sheep, uh, for the, we're under shepherds and we will give an account unto the chief shepherd. And so they, we will give an account. And uh, Paul goes on to say, or the writer of Hebrews goes on to say that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. Now, let me let me just touch something right there, because somebody is, is thinking that uh, that judgment or that particular accountability is going to occur uh, later. Uh, but I'm going to tell you now that there isn't a there is an accountability that's being given by the pastor right now. Uh, there are uh, you when you come to mind, when you're uh, faithful, when you're not faithful. Uh, a good shepherd is taking that information to the Lord. And there's a reason why we stay in communication with God. And uh, one is that he communicates unto us in good things. And the, the, the sheep, you as a follower, you should be communicating with your pastor. And it's such a, a day and time that we're in, uh, in this stay at home, you know, there are a lot of people that are member of churches that are not in, in contact with their uh, with their minister. They are not, some people have not heard from their pastor and the pastor have not heard from them. Uh, 
or uh, as one person uh, asked them, I said, I'm coming by to see you. And they were like, what did I do wrong? Well, it's the pastor's responsibility to check on those that are under his watchful eye and to make sure uh, that they are safe from harm, to pick the, uh, the sheep need their the thorns and thickets pulled out of their wool. They need to be checked for parasites and those things that can be harmful. And if you're sick, you'll need some mom. You'll need something applied to you that is going to help you be better. And so that is the, the shepherd's responsibility. Listen, Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. and Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. and Acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. I'm excited about the Lord and I hope you are too. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the Lord enjoys our excitement about him just as he is excited about us. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I'm faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You know, I had an opportunity to uh, talk to a gentleman. He's a, and, and I was telling him that, you know, the best way to face opposition, we're talking about work. And, um, you know, some of the stressful areas that occur, especially when you're in information technology, you're, you're a developer or, you know, whatever your position is, and uh, maybe you're, uh, you're on a help desk or something, but you, you get the call and, and people want place demands on you and, um, you know, and different things that can, that are really um, uh, weighty on you. And so, you know, rather than uh, voicing your opinion or saying anything that, that could be harmful, it's best to face that opposition by obedience to the word of God, which means sometimes you just have to be quiet. Let people vent, let them get it off their chest, you know, listen to what they have to say. And uh, prayerfully, uh, you may have a solution immediately because you were obedient to just uh, be quiet and just to listen and just observe and to understand those that you're laboring with. We're going into the word of God and the book of Ezekiel is where we are, the 26th chapter, um, you know, and laboring because uh, you, when you get into the book of Ezekiel, you are laboring. And so uh, Ezekiel 1 through 6, it says, and it came to pass in the 11th year in the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came unto me saying, and I want you to underline that if you haven't done that already. Uh, I want you to underline that the word of God comes to the minister first. And so uh, they have a, a listening ear. They are waiting. The ministers are waiting to hear from heaven so that they can give you what the Lord has given unto them. And so Ezekiel said, it came to pass in the 11th year, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, because that Tyrus hath set against Jerusalem, aha, she is broken. That was the gates of the people. Uh, she is turned unto me. I shall be replenished. Now she, now she is laid waste. Therefore, thus said the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O of Tyrus, and will cause many nations to come up against thee, as the sea causes the waves to come up. 
and they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus and break down her towers. I will also uh, scrape her dust, scrape the dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place of uh, spreading and of nets in the midst of the sea, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God, and it shall come become a spoil to the nations. And her daughters, which are in the field, shall be slain by the sword, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, tire or tires means strength, uh, means rock or sharp. And in this instance, they were a fortress against uh, Israel. Uh, they were a rock propelling themselves and a very sharp item. You know, they had a very sharp tongue um, to uh, come against Israel. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that we have to look at first and foremost, and that is the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. And all of us need to understand the Lord is in his holy place. He's in his holy temple. And the Bible said, let all the earth keep silent before him. There's a whole lot being said, but none of those things that are being said uh, are prayerful. I don't believe that there is an enough prayer going forth. You know, when Jonah went down to Nineveh and preached the word, um, he had to preach beyond his prejudice. He, uh, Someone might look and say he had a good reason to, to be resentful of that nation, but God said, go and tell them that I, I'm going to, something's going to happen. And so Jonah did not want to go, but he eventually went and he preached to them. And uh, Nineveh was considered a wicked nation. And that wicked nation bowed down. They began to fast. The king made a decree. Everybody, animals, everyone, everyone that come to your mind was on that fast. Nobody was, was eating anything. They, they covered themselves with sackcloth and ashes and they repented. And God had mercy on them. You know, if we uh, do as the Lord, the word of God says, and, uh, and seek him, he said he'll hear from heaven. And so uh, one of the things that Solomon prayed about was that, Lord, if the people are taken captive because of their actions, because of their response or because they didn't respond to what you were saying, and while they're in their situation, while they're dealing with what's going on uh, because of their actions or they're replacing them, then hear them. When they turn and face the church, when they turn and face the land from which they were taken from, hear them. And so the Lord identified the sins of the nation and he pointed out the individual offenses and abominations that brought the nation into captivity, the nation of Israel. And so we understand that their freedom was lost. Churches were closed, synagogues, temples, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was not happening. Uh, just like today in the situation that we're in, stay at home. You know, there are a lot of churches closed and some are defying whatever the government says. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm talking about what God is doing. And those church doors was closed because of the sins of his people, not because of the sins of the nation. 
it was the sins of his people that brought the contaminant that brought the situation uh, to where it was there was false prophets in that day uh, speaking lies uh, telling the people it's going to be all right you're going to be prosperous and every you know god's not going to there's no sword is going to come near you you're going to be and the people was buying it they was eating it up even though they was they was the sword was coming and it was hitting them uh you know you can't go against what god is saying and you can't uh speak words that aren't true and so those prophets had to pay a price for what they were saying because they were not telling god's people the truth and the people hearts the people hearts the hearts of the people were against the word of the lord you can identify what people are not listening you can identify when people hearts have become hard and so um, stony hearts need to be broken up you know um, when you mention uh, people are missing or when you go to check on them you see uh, how they're doing and you say something about the lord sometimes you see that spirit of resentment uh, that flare up and um, and so God knows how to break up the stony heart. Jeremiah 23, 29 through verse 31 says, Is not my word like a fire? He can burn it up too. Said the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rocks in pieces. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophet, said the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, said the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. Jeremiah was dealing with the same situation uh, that Ezekiel was dealing with. The people were in captivity. And when God told him to speak these words to the nation of Israel, uh, you know, uh, they did not like it. And people don't like, always like what God has to say, you know, uh, because they want to hear about blessings. They want to hear about getting. They want to hear about a genie in a bottle where I can get everything I want. And that is just not a reality. And so let's deal with the reality. Let's deal with the truth about things. And you'll have a prosperous life if you do things the way that God says they should be done. Now, Tyrus, along with the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites, and the Philistines, uh, they all took pleasure in Israel's chastisement. You know, your enemies sometimes look and see that you're going through something and they take, uh, they take pleasure in what they see. And they laughed at them. These nations were gratified seeing that Israel suffered. They laughed at them and they clapped their hands and they arrogantly uh, looked at them with spite in their heart. The Bible tells us in Psalms 35, 21, it says, yea, they opened their mouths wide against me and said, aha, aha, I see it. You know, there are people that are walking around with their mouths wide open. Uh, some that used to be in church, some that uh, say they believe, but don't truly believe. You know, belief means you're taking action. He that believeth and is. Uh, the Lord spoke those words, and so it requires actions. And so they opened their mouths against uh, God's people, against his loved ones. And the Lord said, I will execute judgment. I will execute great vengeance upon them with furious rebukes. If you've ever been, if you've been following the teaching of Ezekiel, you know, since the beginning, and if you have not, uh, 
go back to our website, connectingtruth.org, and click God on Demand, and it will take you to the archive of messages, and you'll see um, how uh, Ezekiel was already involved in ministry, and God took him from the permissive. Now, we've been mentioning the permissive quite a bit over the past couple of weeks because there is a shift in Ezekiel's teaching. And so uh, Ezekiel himself was taken, was being taken from the permissive. His responsibilities were changed. And this was the first of several pivoting points in his message. Now, up to the 20, up from the first through the 24th chapter of Ezekiel, God has been dealing specifically with the children of Israel. The Ammonites were not mentioned, the Moabites was not mentioned, the Edomites was not mentioned, the Philistines were not mentioned. God was dealing with his people, and that's what he wants to do, is to deal with his people. So verses 1 through 24 was exclusive, and but the focus has shifted from those, uh, that, uh, those scriptures that were talking about him chastening, and it has now shifted that is inflicting pain and suffering and those that took pleasure in doing harm against his people. You should never take pleasure in the suffering of anyone. But no matter how bad it may have been, you know, I've heard people uh, make statements and say things, uh, curse others. You know, and the worst thing, I, I don't care what anybody says, but the worst thing you can ever tell a person is to go to hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for man. And uh, hell itself is going to be cast into the lake of fire, uh, which is going to never be, um, never, ever be satisfied. And so uh, you should never take pleasure or curse anyone. And so those nations that was touching Israel were sinning against the king's order. Yes, there's a decree, there's an order that is in place. And when we line up, when all of us, you know, I'm never excluded from the word of God because Pastor Henderson is, 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 is striving and, and pouring himself out because I, I wanna be saved. And so we all have to follow the order of the king. And it says this, when ye were but few, even a few and strangers in it. This is the Lord speaking to his people. And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them harm. God protected his people. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. And that is First Chronicles 16, 19 through 22, where the Lord is speaking and saying, look, uh, his people in, in their pilgrimage. And we are in the greatest pilgrimage that there is. We are in a journey. And if you didn't think about that, if you didn't realize that, if no one has ever told you, I'm telling you and I'm reminding you again tonight, you know, that we are in a pilgrimage, that we're journeying and we're heading for a promised land. Now, everybody's not excited about that. Now, uh, Maranatha, even so come Lord Jesus. Everybody's not excited about that because they are mixed up and, uh, and no one has helped them to understand that life is a temporary assignment. And then this assignment that we're on, it is going to end in one or two of two places. And so you want to be in on the right side, not on the left side. You want to be on the right side 
because the uh, the Bible said that there was a separation and and so there is a separation that is even occurring right now. Uh, sheep's on the right and goats on the left. There is a separation that people are not uh, paying attention to. Uh, pastors, ministers, evangelists. Uh, that's why we're crying out so and saying, hey, come on, get back on the right side. You don't want to be labeled on the left side uh, because of your actions of what you're doing or what you're not doing. And there's more to that. But listen, there is a separation that is occurring even right now, even at this very moment in which I'm speaking, there is a separation uh, that is going on. And uh, God is looking and he is booking. And so um, uh, the commandment is to stay, in, is still in play. The commandment of touching out my anointing. Now, a lot of people want to say I'm God's anointed. But listen, uh, you better know that you're on the right side because uh, because you could be anointed and be on the left side. Well, how is that? Uh, earlier, I said this is an anointed of the, this is a war of the anointed. Well, the anointed is a, a is a cherub, and that cherub is an anointed uh, being that we see and call Lucifer or Satan. That's an anointed. Demons are anointed, even though they are not in the grace of God, and will never be in obedience and according to His word, because they left the first state in which they were in. But they're anointed. They have power, so you can be an anointed. You can be anointed and still be lost. That anointing is not going with you in the, in, in, in the lake, but we, we're, the whole purpose of, the, of obedience and teaching the word of God and taking heed to it and dealing with taking the medicine, whether you like it or not, is so that you don't wind up there. And so that commandment is still in play. It doesn't mean your enemy won't reach out for you. It doesn't mean your enemy won't try to interrupt or upset you. It means they will be held accountable for every desire and any forward conspiracy, act of conspiracy or attempt, uh, whether they attempted alone or attempted as a group, they are accountable. And God has spoken the words and said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So we as God's people need to be careful ourselves. Don't speak against anybody. Don't say things that you should not be saying. Don't talk harshly to one another. We, our words should be seasoned with grace. Uh, we should not be walking around talking about, well, this is who I am and just mouthing off because, listen, uh, God has a way to deal with those that touch his anointed and do his prophets harm. Tyra spoke out against Jerusalem, spoke out against Shalom, the place of peace, the capital of all Israel and Judah, the center of worship unto the Lord. Tyrus spoke out against it. Tyrus laughed at their affliction, felt the brokenness of God's people and their uh, uh, insecurity, the, the security that they had lost, not knowing that God was still there because he was dealing with his people about repentance, about remission of sin, about turning from unrighteousness. But in the eyes of Tyrus, they had missed out, they had lost. And uh, Tyrus was enjoying what he was saying. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against thee, O Tyrus, and I will cause many nations to come up against thee as the sea causes the waves to come up. Now, Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, the 35th verse says, 
uh, says, to me belong vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the thing shall, uh, that shall come on them uh, make haste. May have used the verse. People have used this same verse. The, the vengeance of the Lord is going to come. Uh, they use this verse to threaten each other, uh, and God does not want us to do that. God is speaking about his enemy and the enemy of, of those that have come against his people with a vengeance that he will repay. He will deal with uh, those that have shown such prejudice against his people, prejudice against one another, you know, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that is what God has called us to do. Um, people have used this verse to threaten each other when they should not have uh, used it at all. Forgiveness and love is what God has called us to, to present, not uh, hatred and uh, prejudice and, and animosity and, and spite. You know, Matthews 5, 44 and 5 says, I, I say unto you, love your enemy. So even our enemies, we're supposed to love. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven for he maketh his son to rise on the on the evil and on the good and sinners rain on the just and the unjust none of us have a right to look at look down on anybody uh, none of us have a right to look at a person that have hurt us yeah it may have hurt it it may have made you cry uh, for many weeks for many days for months you know because it was painful and so, but God still holds us accountable to forgive and to love our enemies, not just in word, but to love them uh, in spite of, and as difficult as that might sound because of the community environment, the atmosphere in which we was raised, it is doable. It can be done. It doesn't mean it's gonna happen overnight, but it's, it has to happen in order for us to be saved. You know, the Lord said that we should forgive as we have been forgiven. And yes, uh, it hurts, but we can do it because God said it. Whatever God has said for us to do is doable. And we can't deny that. We can't make up excuses and say, well, Lord, you don't know. Look, uh, he knows. And he said it. The Lord said, walk before me and be perfect. That means we can walk before him and be perfect. Uh, we should not make excuses of any type. This is our responsibility. Every believer has a responsibility, that responsibility of Matthews 5, 44 and 45, and it cannot be ignored. When God deals with your enemy, and he's going to deal with your enemy, I'm telling you this this evening, I want you to be encouraged. God is going to deal with your enemy, but he's first dealing with us and making sure that we walk in an obedience to his word. And so Leviticus 19 and 18 said, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. So we certainly should not be looking at anyone, but we should remember that they are the household of faith, no matter what color they are, no matter what language they speak, what part of the country, this globe that they have come from, 
we are to love them, not hold a grudge against anyone, especially the children, the household of faith. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Luke 23 and 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his remnant and cast lots. Now, the Lord Jesus, my God, uh, God manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. This same uh, is saying, uh, forgive them. They know not what they do. And it was a blessing that they did not know because had they known they was crucifying the Lord and Savior, uh, it would have changed the events that was occurring. And there's a great possibility that we would not be in the dispensation of grace right now. The dispensation of grace is going to come to an end, and you'll have to follow along with us on, on the rapture preparedness. Uh, you want to be uh, rapture ready, and that's on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. But uh, listen, if it wasn't for that moment, then things would be different had they not been blinded. And so Romans 12 and 14 said, bless them which persecute you and uh, curse not. So we're not to curse anyone. When God deals with you and he's going to deal with you and your enemy, uh, God uses your enemy to chasten you because of the great expectations that he has. We chastise our children, our children whether we have them to uh, take a time out uh, whether uh, you grew up in the air where, uh, uh, you know, lay your hands on me, Jesus, I don't mind. Uh, parents felt that way. They laid their hands on their children, chasing them. Um, and so God still chasing us. And so he will chasten you when you need to be. And that is a good thing because if you're without chastisement, the Bible said you're a bastard. And so uh, God chasing those he loved. The, the, the Lord has sin. And he understands that there are different areas, different enemies, different enemies that pursue after you. Now, I want you to really get this and understand it because there's an enemy in the atmosphere, atmospheric enemy, enemy, the prince of the air. There's also physical enemies and there are financial. Now, the physical messes with your this, the atmospheric messes with your spirit, man, and and it also can impact your physical. Your physical impacts your your mental and your emotional, and it will impact your finances. Job suffered for despising evil, and uh, and listen, the Bible tells us that he hated evil. He despised it. Uh, he made full, Job made full application of the word of the Lord. And are, are you making full application? Are you hitting and missing? Because it's really time out for the hit and miss game. You know, that gets us written up at work when we hit and miss and, and play around and stuff. Uh, let alone, what about God? Doesn't he deserve better? And so uh, Job made full application to the word of the Lord. Uh, him and Mrs. Job received full compensation for the embarrassment that they endured for the loss of family and finances because they stayed in obedience to the to the word of God. Well, someone may have said, well, what about Mrs. Job? She told him to curse God and die. Well, her husband, her minister, the covering of her, 
protected her from anything that would have come about. And so she did not die. The children that was lost, who do you think had was suffering about those children that was lost? It was Mrs. Joe. But she also was compensated for the loss and embarrassment and the things that she had to endure as well. If you like the children of Israel are being chastened, uh, we have to, the only thing we can do is to shut our mouths and to take it patiently. And the Bible tells us in Amos, Amos 5 and 15, it says to, to season your soul. It tells us to hate evil and to love good. Now in, in the remnant within the captivity that Ezekiel was ministering to, there was those that hated evil and loved good. The Bible said that they were praying against uh, the unrighteous and the unjust things that were occurring. And when the Lord sent his uh, secretary, sent the angel down to, uh, to swing the sword, he also sent one that placed a mark upon them that were in the community of uh, the captivity and to mark them and said, don't touch them. When you see the mark, pass by them. And even in this day and time, this 18th day of August 2020, uh, God has marked uh, uh, those that are his. He has marked us. And there are those that uh, that are the, the, will be passed by. But there are also those that are marked that will deal with uh, situations that, and they will be saved. They will be saved. And so we have to deal with that reality because even in captivity with Ezekiel, there came a time where even the righteous did not escape. However, the righteous was saved. And that is what it is about. We're, we're looking to be saved. We're not looking to occupy this, this planet in, as it is right now, this space and time. You know, there are some people that, that feel like, well, I can't, I don't want the Lord to come and save me and I haven't had sex. I don't want the Lord to come and save me and I haven't had a baby. I don't want the, I've never been married or I've never uh, had a new car. Or I want to buy a home. Well, look, the whole purpose of salvation is not uh, intended to fulfill that dream. Only if the Lord tarry that we occupy till he come in and our occupying, yes, we'll have a family in our occupying. Yeah, we'll make purchases and our occupying will do some things because God gave all of that here for us to enjoy. But our ultimate goal is to be with the Lord. And so in order to do that, we must hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Hebrews 12, 7 and 11 says, if ye endure chastening. Now, if any of us get out the will of God and the Bible tells us that we endure chastening, God have dealt with us as sons. For what son is he that the father does not chasten? Uh, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers and of our flesh, which corrected us and gave us reference. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasing us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, listen to this, that we might be partakers of his holiness. What an awesome blessing that we should be seeking after and as we journey, as we pilgrimage, uh, through this, that 
we are partakers of this holiness. And so therefore, we may be chastened if we get out as well. We have to be corrected. And Israel was being corrected. Now, no chastisement for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nonetheless, afterwards, it yielded the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are uh, exercised thereby. And so God is looking for Israel to bring forth a certain fruit, to bring forth righteousness, to bring to be found in a certain place. And so uh, as we continue our journey, God is dealing with Israel. Understand as God deals with Israel and as he has dealt with them, he's dealing with us. But not only is God dealing with Israel, he is also dealing with the enemy that is used to bring about the, the resolve for kingdom purpose. Now, uh, I'm this. Uh, I'm going to close with something here, and I, I want you to really understand this and to start paying attention because there are uh, subtle things occurring all around us in fulfillment to God's word. Now, there are some things, a space of time that has been where God's word is fulfilled and God has had grace, remember, in a dispensation of grace. And so in this dispensation of grace, God winked at some things. God has been merciful, you know, but I, that, but there are some things that have sped up. You know, the Lord said, if I don't shorten the day, if I don't shorten the time, the very elect would not be saved. And so there are many that have left that have gone on to be with the Lord. And there are those of us that are still here that have been taught very well. And we see things that are happening and, and the spirit of discernment, the spirit of prophecy and the, uh, God is uh, revealing and stirring our minds and stirring our spirits and look, my word is fulfilling yet fulfilling. And these are uh, over the past 12 years during the at certain administrations, the Obama administration, the administration that exists right now, we are seeing and understanding certain prophetic roles that each administration have played. And the word of God is yet revealing his soon appearance. And so um, I'm just saying that as Ezekiel was telling the people that, you know, God is not was not happy with Israel, but at the same time, God was dealing with them. He's also moving them from the, the mundane, from the permissive. Remember, Ezekiel was a minister and he was being moved. He had moved from the permissive into the divine. That's why he was seeing the, the visions he was having. That's why he was exposed to certain things because God had moved him from that area of permissive. He was no longer walking around just as a minister, but he is now walking in the divine presence of God. And so uh, as we read the scripture, you hear, keep hearing the word of God or him testifying and the word of God came unto me. We keep hearing the word of God came unto me. God does not do a lot of speaking to everyone, but each time that God spoke to Ezekiel, because this was not over weeks and months, this was years. Uh, each time the Lord spoke to him, he said, look, the word of the Lord has come to me and the word of the Lord is coming to each of us, uh, whether we're sitting down and reading the word of God. If you never hear anything, if you go deaf, read the word of God. If you cannot see, 
you can still read the word of God because God has made that possible. The point is, is what we do with what we see, what we hear is uh, the most important thing because many have heard the word, but they're not obeying it. Many have uh, felt the word, but they're not obeying it. Many have dreamed the word, but they're not obeying it. We must be obedient to the word of God. And so we see the subtle things that are happening all around us. And we're just telling you that look up, redemption is drawing nigh. God is, God is moving Israel as we study. He is moving Israel from the mundane. He's moving them from uh, the and from even pastor permissive to take them into the divine. If you stay with us, uh, you'll hear more about that as the shift is occurring uh, and the focus that was uh, specifically upon his people and redefine and defining them is now upon the enemy that has chastened them. And we'll see more about that as we go on. God is dealing with Israel, he's dealing with you and he is dealing with the enemy. Uh, this is Pastor Carl Henderson. Uh, be blessed in the Lord. If you're not uh, in a church of truth or power near you, find one. If you're in the Southern California area, stop in and see us, 524 East uh, Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Until then, God bless you. Uh, hold me up in prayer. I'm holding you up in prayer as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Be back on Thursday night, Acts of the Holy Ghost. Thank you.